You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia EV6 and Sportage, Cars of the Year and Luno SA, Aussie owned, made for South Australia. Yeah, good evening everyone. Welcome to Sports Day on this beautiful Thursday afternoon. Char Time, the home of freshly brewed tea. Thirst tea at Char Time. Explore our ready-made signature drink range inspired by Char Time fan faves. Ben Hook joining you. Joining me is the 2022 Ken Farmer medalist with 51 goals, Daniel Menzel. Menz, nice to see you again, mate. Hookie, it's good to be here. Perfect day out there today. I certainly made the most of it today, which I uh, absolutely loved. Hey, 51 goals in a year where the team didn't make the finals is a pretty good year, I would have thought. You'd be reasonably pleased personally with that. Yeah, I think personally, uh, I certainly was. I played every game this year, which I haven't done in more than a decade. So to do that and to obviously be able to kick a a number of goals was really pleasing. But um, as I think we touched on earlier in the week, I want to get back into the finals because I don't want to start preseason so early like this time. Got a challenge for you. I want you to talk yourself up as a goal kicker before the end of the show. We've got an hour. I'll leave you with that. Hey, interesting day today. You were on the golf course for the first time in about six months. Yes, I was. I um, Thanks to SA Lift and Loader, a couple of my mates out there. I played with them. Uh, the freight um, industry had it at West Lakes today, so... Worked early this morning, got out there, had a hit. We played Ambrose, so four of us obviously in the team, and you've got to take three drives from each player, and unfortunately we didn't take a drive from one of the players until four holes to go, so it wasn't pretty some of the golf. (laughs) But a good day. Always a great day on the golf course. So yesterday you were bludging sitting on the couch watching the NBA, and today you're just a golf day. So you have got the best life of anyone going around. By the way, my Memphis Grizzlies got up I was going to say, I did catch some of the NBA, and Ja Morant was super for the Memphis Grizzlies. I knew you'd be getting around that. 30. Four points uh, by my big man, the guard, Jamal Morant, 115-112 over the New York Knicks. We've got uh, Houston on Saturday morning, the Rockets, looking forward to that one. <laughs> We've got. Interesting club, that, so. the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. We were originally uh, the Vancouver Grizzlies when we uh, came into the league in 1995. This is our best year, actually. Uh, sorry, last year was our yep. best year. We won uh, 56 games last year, finished first in the Southwest Division. Um that matched our 56-game uh, winning season in 2012-2013. So there you go. How was uh, the research on this? Absolutely love this. Um, we're going to be talking about NBA by the sounds, which is great. <laughs> done, a, done a bit of research on my new club, the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm now an NBA fan. Hey, just very quickly, we've got a call from Tom. I'm going to take him. I just want to give a quick shout-out to a bloke that I've only heard about this week called Vic Dawson. Um, I got a call, a message from the president of the Robe Bowling Club, a guy named Harold. I'll speak to Harold a bit later on. Uh, but Vic Dawson plays Division One for the Robe Bowling Club. He turned 100 six weeks ago. Can D- you believe that? Division One? Yes. And he's 100. Um, I can't believe. 
it just shows you're never too old, does it? That, that is incredible that um, you could actually do that at that sort of age. And it's Division One. Yeah, it is incredible. So Vic Dawson uh, down there in the southeast playing uh, in the lower southeast league, I think it's called, and the, the pennant competition. Vic Dawson, 100 years old, still playing Division One bowls. Let's take a call. Tom has called in. He wants to talk about the Cats and Brian Cook. Tom, welcome to Sports Day. Yeah, how you going, guys? Yeah. Very good. And I just wanted to speak to Dan because he was at Geelong. Yeah. And being the council boy, I'm glad we kind of landed um, Brian. So, yeah. Daniel, for the time you spent time at Geelong, he's highly respected. And, yeah, I see he's getting on a bit, but I don't know how long a bit. But we, your opinion, he'll do a lot of good at Carl. He'll live, you know, whenever his time's up, he'll, I believe he'll live Carl in a better shape than what had been the past 10, 15 years. It was a bit of a joke, to be honest. What do you think, Daniel? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great point, Tom. I think we already have seen this come to fruition last season. Um, Carlton obviously was super for the whole season and then just fell outside the eight. I think they're going to be a massive riser this season. But not just that, it's the people he puts in place. It's the people he brings with him. Uh, and the culture that he instills, and he's been at successful clubs. He was West Coast before that when they won the premierships in the 90s. So he's uh, he's going to get Carlton into a pretty good position over the next five to ten years. So I agree with you, Tom. Tom, thanks for your call. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah, interesting story that, isn't it, uh, Brian Cook? Talking about some movements in AFL, I'm interested in your thoughts on this, Daniel. It looks for everything that tomorrow we'll see – um, uh, we'll see Ross Lyon sign as the coach of the St. F- Kilda Football Club. We're going to hear from Ross Lyon shortly. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, look, it's a, it's an interesting one. Obviously, going back to the club he was at, um, it's it's going to be one that will he have learnt um, to adapt and change since he's been in the media. He obviously notoriously was bad with the media while he was a coach, and he's obviously now <laughs> since worked in it. But I think if we look at this season, for example, you look at Geelong, Sydney, Brisbane, three of the top four teams – Offensively, they were number two, three, and four in the comp. Now, Ross Lyon is not known as an offensive coach. So mm. as, is he able to bring that and evolve his game so that it's not just all team defense? Mm. Because fans want to see teams kick more than 10 goals for starters. Mm. But two, that's the way the game's gone. So he won't be able to compete if it's just all defense. Sure. No, it's a really good point. Ross Lyon uh, said this to Channel 9 today. It's been a difficult time for the club. And, yeah, obviously Brett. Um, but we, we know it's a brutal thing. Industry. So I'm sort of diving in. Look, we're very close progression. We've presented to the board. Yes, I've had some long meetings and, and spoke about philosophy and, try, and really trying to understand where they're at and what they're trying to achieve. And there's a little bit, we're very close and um, giving both parties time to do the, you know, ERP, their, their due diligence and um, hopefully get across the line in the not too distant future, you know, because things are pointing that way. Like, I'm keen, like, my heart's been opened up. You know, I don't like the narrative around St Kilda. Sort of, yeah, maybe, maybe it's deserved, or but but I think you know sometimes it's a bit disrespectful. So um, hopefully you know we can get to a point where I'm able to roll up the sleeves and get in and help change that. Hopefully, my heart has been opened up. It's a fascinating line to drop. Uh, here's my question to you. So. Ross Lyon seemed like he was off limits. He was knocking back the, the the option of applying for jobs. He knocked back Carlton when he had to apply. He knocked back Essendon when he had to apply. Uh, looks like St Kilda has just gone after him and said, you're our man. There's no one else in the race. Do you want it? And he, he wants it. So here's my question to you, Daniel. Or And anyone out there, 8223 on the week's open line, um, are you jealous of 
St Kilda getting Ross Lyon. I mean, he's got an imposing record. Two grand, three grand finals, really, if you include the draw in 2010 with Collingwood. How is that an imposing enough record that you think, gee, in hindsight, I wish we had Ross Lyon instead of my coach? And that's any club in the competition. Look, I think it's one that um, – look, I'm not sure about it, if I'm honest. I think um, I think he will evolve. But in saying that, he isn't a premiership coach, unfortunately, um, and he is so defensive-minded. And so some players aren't going to love that. Um, but also, Ratton was ousted pretty um, quickly, unconventionally. I know some players won't be happy with that either. So I don't know if a jealousy would be the right answer. I don't think that's the case. Um, I think he's been out of the game for a fair while now. He obviously wanted a club to come to him and basically guarantee that he was going to get the job before putting his uh, hat in the ring. And that looks like that's what's happened on this occasion. So it's uh, it's going to be a very interesting watch. I tell you right now, St Kilda will be the most talked about team next year mm. in the AFL if mm. he is coaching that footy club. Absolutely. Hey, here's one that I'm interested in your thoughts on as well, Daniel. I was just thinking about this. Mark Williams... Um, a premiership coach, won a premiership in 2004, grand final in 2007, and you'd probably argue, certainly from a win-loss record, 2001 to 2003, Port were as good as anyone in the competition, even though Brisbane won all three flags. And I go through this, Paul Ruse, John Worsfold, Bomber Thompson, Alistair Clarkson, Mick Malthouse, um, all of those guys won premierships after Mark Williams, and all of them were highly sought after by other clubs. How is it that Mark Williams has never got another crack at senior coaching in AFL football? I, it blows me away. H- how someone hasn't just thought, actually, Choco, pretty good record. Let's give him a crack. Yeah, look, at, and it's an interesting one, particularly after Melbourne won the grand final. And I know that a lot of people in the AFL and, and who are a part of Melbourne know that he was a massive influence on that group. His ball movement philosophy that he brought across um, meant that they became, I guess, the Petrakas and the Olivers, they were, they were good players inside, but they become elite ball users off the back of Mark Williams coming in. So he's probably is stiff to have not got another opportunity uh, as a senior coach. But what I love about that is he is the senior assistant coach. Mm. So he still has a massive input on the team and he's got a younger senior coach around him who has evolved and understands the game nowadays. So I think it's a perfect balance. If you can get a younger coach with a senior assistant like that, then Mm. absolutely perfect. And that's what maybe Ross Lyon will have to do is he'll have to have someone in there with fresh ideas with the offense so that they can stay up to date with every other team. I'm of the opinion there's a club out there that cost themselves a flag because they didn't have a run at Mark Williams. We're going to... Do a deep dive on the Port Adelaide Football Club. You call your Jets. I just want to touch on cricket very quickly. Uh, South Australia lost outright yesterday, and they have a game tomorrow, Marsh Cup, one day. Peter from Black Forest has called in, and he has a theory on why South Australia cannot win. Peter, welcome. Good evening, everybody. I'm at Forestville uh, Tram with some lovely West Adelaide supporters. Go I want to know why we can't win a game. Oh, so hang on. I thought you had uh, the answer. For Jason Gillespie, I was going to no, send the, the message straight down to Adelaide get, Oval. Um, no, get Rick Darling back or get um, John Corsby back or get uh, Barry Curtin back or, yeah. Well, Barry Curtin would certainly bring uh, a, a great level of sledging as well as he'd move the scoring rate along. I love Baz. He's a legend. Okay, do I have a theory on why South Australia can't win? I think we've got a lot of new players in this competition, in this team at the moment. They will take a little bit of time to gel. The other thing I think about South Australia, I think we play with white knuckles. We are so concerned about our record and we're trying to turn it around and we're not playing relaxed. 
I reckon we could actually, Will Rain is the new president. He could go to Dizzy and say, I don't care about results for the next two years. Just let the boys play. Don't worry about results. Don't worry about outcomes. I think we're a bit outcome focused because we've been so disappointing the last few years. I'd love to see all of our guys just relax and play because they're all talented. They're all good enough first-class players. They've just got to pull it together. Peter, thank you. Are you there? Yes, I am. Okay, why don't we play a spinner? We've got red-headed spinner. We don't play him. Yeah, so that's Lloyd Pope, and he played a lot of games last year. And I can guarantee you, Peter, that the reason why he isn't playing is because we're playing on wickets that don't spin. He he struggled to get batters out, in particular in second innings last year. So South Australia tried Nathan McSweeney as a part-time spinner game one. I didn't think that was the right call. I was very happy to see Ben Menenti play game two of the Sheffield Shield. And I'm of the belief that South Australia, with a predominantly fast bowling attack, is picking the right side right now. Thank you for your call, though, Peter. Let's get back into the Port Adelaide deep dive. You want to discuss the midfield. I will hand you the microphone on the basis that... I'm of the belief that Port Adelaide right now should be a top 14. Yeah, so it's an interesting chat. And I've heard a little bit over the previous week that with obviously Horn Francis coming in and the young Port Adelaide uh, midfield core, that potentially could they be the best midfield in the comp? And so I had a look at their team. Obviously, Lysette and the Rucks coming back in. You've got Rosie, Wines, Boak, Butters, Horn Francis and Dersman to go in there. I had a look at a few other teams and I compared them with a few. And I'll be honest, Hookie, I don't think they are anywhere near the best midfielder in the comp. There okay. are some elite midfielders in this comp. I'm going to throw three teams here and I'm going to say they're players. And I want you to tell me out of those three which one you would pick ports over sure, and which one you believe is the best. So I'm going to start with Brisbane. They've got Big O in the ruck. They've recruited Josh Dunkley. They've got Barry Lyons. Neil Ashcroft will be the number one pick. McLuggage, Rayner and Bailey are only getting better. We're going to go to Melbourne. You've got Grawn and Grundy in the ruck. Mm-hmm. Then go Oliver, Petraka, Viney, Brayshaw. Lockie Hunter has come across from the Bulldogs. And Langdon is the elite wing in the comp. The third one I'm going to go to is potentially my favourite one with the balance, and that is Richmond. I have Nan Curvis in the ruck. You've got Trent Cochin, Dustin Martin back at his best next year. Tim Taranto and Jacob Hopper have came mm-hmm. across from GWS. They're going to be very good in that team. Shy Bolton is arguably the best player in the comp. Dion Prestia, Liam Baker, and Jack Graham, who was going to come to Port, might not even make the team. So <laughs> I've got three teams there in Melbourne, in Richmond and Brisbane that have elite midfields and are a class above Port Adelaide and a few other teams. I'll answer that very quickly. I'd say if you take Lockie Neal out of Brisbane, I'll take Port Adelaide. I absolutely agree with you with Melbourne. And, yeah, you, you, you cannot argue that Richmond have recruited very well for the short term. Give me Port Adelaide in 2024, though. That, yeah, that would be my answer. I, I like the excitement about Port Adelaide, but not quite just yet. I think there's some elite midfields in going around next season in 2023, and so Port fans might just have to hold on a little bit to see their players develop a bit more. It is why I would appoint right now uh, Ken Hinckley for the 2024 season. Give him two years with this group. You have spent every bit of draft capital you've got. You're going all out. Give him two years. You've only got to have a couple of bad injuries this year, and I think you'll find that – things can unravel pretty quickly in a footy season. I'd give Ken Hinckley two years, and if it doesn't work from there, okay, shake hands and we'll all move on. But, uh, no, I think Port Adelaide, top four 2023, 2024, I reckon they're real flag favourites. Hey, uh, we've got to get a break out of the way, uh, and then we're going to talk greyhound racing on the other side with our great man, Toddy Gray. So uh, let's, let's get that break out of the way now. Don't go away. You're listening to Sports Day. 
Sports Day. For Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year and Lumo Lumo SA. Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. This is Sports Day with Daniel Menzel and Ben Hook. The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. If you want to take part in the conversation, just get onto the week's open line. It's 8223000. Discover exceptional service. Exceptional customer service, I beg your pardon. Weeks Homes Discover Different. One of my favourite parts of the week, Daniel, is when we catch up with Toddy Gray for all of our expert Greyhound Racing tips. You follow at the Dogs SA on Twitter or Greyhound Racing SA on Facebook. Todd Gray, welcome back. Uh, thanks for having me back after last week and the week before and the week before and the week before. Yeah, well, we enjoy your company each and every week because generally we finish the week with a little bit more money in our pocket than how we started it. Uh, tell us what your best bet is at Angle Park tonight, my man. Uh, easy, lads. Race six, number one, Blue Bouquet. Uh, she looks your leader in this race, and I think she's going to get away with a race-winning lead in about the midpoint. Um, she's been getting stronger over the 500 metre trip and she's been adapting to Angle Park after being brought up at the Gawler track a lot better than what I thought she would. Um, she's drawn to perfection and with wide runners and slow beginners in two and three, uh, I can't see why she won't lead and get a little bit of cover or a shepherd if you're going to use the old AFL term which on the first turn to scoot a wave down the back and she will tippy-toe the last 50 metres but I think she'll be that far in front, it won't matter. So race six, number one, blue bouquet. It's a great reference there from you, Todd. I want to know who your best value bet is of the night at the Angle Park Dogs. Oh, dog, I've got a, another one of these dogs I've got a bit of a love-hate relationship with, lads. Race eight, number two, Sentinel McLaren. Uh, he's, won me, he's won me a decent... Oh, he's won me some packets in the past, but he's also cost me some packets <laughs> in the past, this dog. Um, look, he's, he's so hard to catch. He's very inconsistent, but he's very quick when he wants to be. And I think tonight, I can't see why he won't want to be tonight. It's only a five-dog field now with the scratchings. He's drawn in two, and there is zero speed in this race. I actually do not know what's going to lead this race. Um, there's no quick beginners. They're all last section types. There's every chance he could lead, and I don't think he's found the front to the first turn since Moses was a toddler, to be honest, boys. <laughs> but I reckon there's, there's every chance he could be in front going down the back, and he won't know himself. He's placed over the longer trip. His best section's his last. I, I really just think he should be half the quote he is. It's about a 7 or $8 pop, and I just think he should be about second favourite for mine. So race eight, number two, Sentinel McLaren, but he's got a bit of the old Basil brush about him, this dog. He's, he's, he, oh, he can burn you a few times, but I like the odds tonight. Too good to pass up. Uh, well, there you are. The best race, six, number one, blue bouquet. The value race, eight, number two, Sentinel McLaren. You mentioned Basil Brush Rose, which has become Sports Day SA's own personal... It's the family dog here at the, at the Sports Day. All of our listeners and us here in the studio absolutely love Basil Brush Rose. It ran second on Monday at 100 to 1. Oh, he might be the family dog, lads, but I'm, I'm considering disowning him, to be honest, at the moment. You wouldn't believe... I had jumped off the bandwagon. He ran the race of his life in a Gawler Cup heat, a Group 3 Gawler Cup at 100 to 1, and he chased down, which is going to be a dog, which is right in the market to win the whole thing. He took ground off it. He ran the race of his life, and do you think I gave him any chance at 100s? Absolutely none. None. After tipping him... Yep, for tipping him for about the last 15 years straight, I jumped off him, and he ran the best race of his life. I'm telling you, they will never find, they'll never find the dummy us, fat boys. They'll never find it. <laughs> now, Todd, it's Greyhound Adoption Day on Saturday. Just tell us a little bit about that for those who don't know. Oh, it is the 25th anniversary slash birthday of the Greyhound Adoption Program. They do an amazing job. 
Um, look, I'm not being biased here at all, but um, as most people know, I've, I've been lucky enough to be involved thanks to trainer Ray Kelly and a few other people um, with a wonderful litter throughout the last two and a bit years. Uh, two of them have now been adopted out to their forever homes, thanks to Gap and Ray and everyone in between. Um, get down to Angle Park on Saturday morning. I believe the gates open at 11. You can find all the information on our website. Uh, go down, bring the kids. Like, you don't have to go home with a dog. It's a good day just to go down and do a bit of goo-goo-gaga with these amazing creatures. Um, I love the work that Gap people do with the dogs as well. Um, they do above and beyond to find, like I said, forever homes to these amazing animals. So if you, got, if you don't have anything planned on Saturday, get down to Angle Park. Um, it's inside, actually, the dog track. So downstairs where we did the interview and all that before, where yep. the kennel house is on Adelaide Cup night. It's going to be there. There's going to be dozens of uh, little four-legged friends um, ready, you know, ready to go home to be adopted or fostered. And if you've got any questions at all, there's plenty of staff on hand. They'll answer anything you want. They really do do a tremendous job, and I'm not just saying that because it's you know, part and part of what I'm supposed to do. They really do. Good on you, Todd. Thanks so much for your time, and then thanks for your tips as well. No one runs the dogs like South Australia. Lumo Energy SA, 100% Australian-owned with energy plans and great local awards made for South Australia. Plenty to come. We're catching up with Lockie Barr and a little bit later on, Gemma Houghton from the Port Adelaide Football Club. This is Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Welcome back to Sports Day. 8223000 is the number that you can call if you want to have a conversation with Daniel Menzel. Anything you want to talk about, footy, cricket, you name it, or you can text in 0437-693-060. Football is here. The Isuzu Ute A-League experience it live Search A-League tickets. And joining us is the young up-and-coming defender from Adelaide United. Daniel, I've got to say, I love seeing young South Australians get an opportunity in our top-end teams, and that's exactly what this young man is. His name is Lockie Barr, and he joins us now. Lockie, welcome to Sports Day. Thank you very much. Lockie, after... i have to stop you there, though. I'm not, uh, I'm not that young. I, I am 28, so that's sort of... Um, <laughs> yeah getting towards the back end of my career. I guarantee you, if you, if you look in this room, this studio here, you are an absolute uh, child, my man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Then. <laughs> You've had some amazing opportunities around the world, but it must be great for you finally to get this opportunity in the A-League. Yeah, of course. I mean, um, I'm a proud South Australian, and for me to represent Adelaide United um, in the uh, in the A League is, is something that you know what I dreamed of as a young kid, and um, to be able to do it is um, yeah, it's indescribable at times. So I'm um, very happy and very proud to put on the Reds jersey. That's something that Carl Veer really has seemed to have done with this group. He's always been looking to bring in South Australians at every opportunity. Do you feel like a bit of a? Obviously, we bring in recruits. We have to to be competitive. But do you feel a little bit like a state team that the Red of Adelaide United is is partly the Red of South Australia? Yeah, for sure. I think um, when you look at our team, um, I would say over half the team um, is from Adelaide and, and, and South Australia. And obviously, Carl's a South Australian himself. So, um, But then we add on top of that, you know, with our, with our foreigners that we've got, we've got the three Spanish boys um, and, and Hiroshi Ibasuki as well. So we've got a good mix there of young uh, South Australians and uh, some really good foreign players um, that's sort of helping us progress. Now, Locke, I want to get into the season so far. Obviously, the two rounds down for you guys, a one-all draw at Wellington, and then obviously a 2-0 loss to MacArthur. I just want to touch on, I guess, your attack, first of all. You've had 40 shots on goal in those two games, so 20 in each. Um, what have you got to change, I guess, to be able to, at least you're having the shots, but how are we going to actually be able to put the ball in the back of the net? 
Yeah, I think it just comes down to, one, I think it's good that we're actually creating the chances um, uh, to be able to score the goals. But um, I guess we just have to be a bit more ruthless um, up front to be able to finish um, finish these chances off. And, um, you know, I think we're not too worried at the moment. As long as we are creating them chances and the boys are getting in those positions, um, that's good. But now we just got to sort of really start to take these chances and, and kill off teams. Yeah, absolutely. That certainly will hopefully come in these coming weeks. And so on to this week's game, obviously Sydney FC in Sydney on Sunday. Obviously going to be a tough matchup. How are you going to go down back against some of these potent uh, Sydney forwards? Yeah, I think we're just going to have to be uh, very tight at the back, um, play on the front foot. We know Sydney. We know how much of a threat they are, especially their front three. They've done um, quite well so far this season. So we'll have a look at Sydney and their front three uh, in the coming days and then devise a game plan of how we're going to deal with them. And, yeah, we're going to go over there and and just, yeah, be on the front foot and really try and um, push for three points. Lockie, just tell us a bit about yourself. I mean, the the Adelaide United fans would know who you are. The diehard NPL fans would have a pretty good idea of what you've done at that level. Just tell us a bit about your background, where you've come from, a bit of the time you spent in Germany and uh, Northern England and, and how you made it back uh, to Adelaide United. Yeah, so I guess my career um, started in Wyla, country South Australia, and um, moved up to Adelaide and played some MPL and then decided that I'd try my luck overseas and sort of bounced around in the lower leagues from, uh, yeah, like you said, Germany and England and end up getting a contract um, at Bradford City, who were at the time League One. Um, so that was an unbelievable experience and learned so much in my time there. Um, it was just unfortunate that I didn't get so many games, but you play with seasoned pros there and, and you can only learn from, from such players and then sort of come back to Australia and played MPL for a number of years and then finally got a chance at Adelaide United. So it's sort of been um, a strange old journey, but um, <laughs> you know, that's, uh, yeah, I've had to go through a number of back doors, but you know, I wouldn't change it. Now I'm at, at my hometown club and, and couldn't be happier. Uh, Lockie, my understanding is you spent some time in Berlin. Were you working in an ice cream shop while you were playing part-time football? That is correct. Yeah, I was working in this sort of ice cream cafe um, shop in Berlin. And um, so I was playing semi-professional at the time. So I'd have to, I went to a language school in the morning, went to this uh, ice cream cafe uh, (laughs) job in the afternoon and then went to training at night time. So yeah, it was a, they were long days, but um, I guess those long days help you um, build that resilience and, and helped you as a person and, and ultimately a player as well. And what about your experience at Bradford City? I have to be honest, I played some cricket in Yorkshire, not far out of Bradford. A couple of years before you were there, I have to be honest, Lockie, I won't give the date away, but wonderful experience for me. It's a great part of the world. Uh, it's a tough town, Bradford, and there's been historically some racial tensions there, but I really love that part of the world. Just what was it like playing for the Bantams? Uh, it was unbelievable. I mean, Bradford were, at the time when I was there, they were League One, but um, that was sort of a, a championship club they had. Before the season started, they sold uh, 20,000 uh, season ticket holder. Um, yeah, tickets and um, yeah, like I said, they should be really playing in the in in the championship. It's such a big club, and um, yeah, the fans that sort of their whole whole life they they work nine to five, but then their whole life revolves around that Saturday three o'clock kickoff. And uh, to be in that environment where it meant so much to people was um, again, it was a very proud moment to be able to represent that club um, for the people of Bradford. Yeah, no doubt that would be unbelievable. I love the parochial supporters over there and how much they get around their team and. 
One guy who spent a little bit of time overseas as well is Craig Goodwin. I, I actually went to school with him, Locke. Um, I went to primary school with yeah. Craig and have followed his career since. And when he's obviously had his stints back at Adelaide United, he has dominated and is obviously the captain of the team. Where's his body at? Where's his fitness at? And what can we expect from him? Yeah, obviously, Craig, he's uh, vying for a spot. Um, in the Socceroos team. So um, he started his first game on the weekend against MacArthur. I think he got in um, 60 minutes. So um, I'm sure he'll be in the starting lineup again this week and he'll be looking to get as many games as possible. Um, and yeah, just touch wood, he keeps his body good and he stays clear of injury so he can get that spot for the World Cup. Okay, and really good point. And hopefully he does get that spot. Another one who you played against on the weekend, Daniel Alzani, is a, a chance as well. How'd you find him, obviously, playing directly against him? And, and how do you see his chances? Yeah, I mean, you can see Daniel, his, his um, talent on the ball is, is very good. You see him with the goal he scored. He sort of yeah, turned me one way and back the other and put it uh, in the bottom corner. And, you know, you just can't give players like that. You know, you've got to be really tight to them. But, yeah, Daniel's a very good player and um, he's had his hard times, I guess, with his injuries and his stints overseas. But he seems to be able to... Um, he's come back to Australia to really... Um, I guess, in a way, get his football back on track, I guess. And, um, yeah, he's playing some good football and playing against him, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's a hard player to play against. Lockie, I'm interested in Ethan Alligich, young 18-year-old who came on as a sub on the weekend. I, you, you might be aware, I mean, the Alligich family story in country South Australian football is quite incredible. His great-grandparents actually established the Broken Hill Soccer Association. His father's Richie, a great player for Adelaide United. His auntie Diane, a legend of the Matildas. Um, any, any understanding of the history that his family has got in football and, and how do you see him progressing? Yeah, I didn't know about the Broken Hill bit, but that's um, that's very good to know. I'll let him know tomorrow that that's uh, yeah, it's a good thing to have um, starting up the Broken Hill Soccer Association. So good on them. Um, no, Ethan's a, um, like his dad. He was a very good player. Um, Rich Alligich was, and um, Ethan's definitely taken following uh, his dad in his footsteps. Ethan's a great kid, and um, he's starting to get some good minutes uh, in the first team, and he's definitely going to be one player to watch um, over the coming years for Adelaide United. Now, Locke, obviously Sydney away this week. It'll be the third away game in a row for the season. There's obviously renovations going on at Highmarsh. Then Perth Glory is the first home game of the season, Sunday, 30th of October. How many people would you love to see there and get down and support Adelaide United? Yeah, it'd be great if we could get over, you know, 10,000, 12,000. Um, that would be unbelievable to be able to get that. Um, the stadium's just been uh, refurbished with the roof on top of the um, Western Grandstand. So, um, yeah, and it'll be a good game against Perth Glory. So if we can get the biggest crowd possible, that will really help us um, to get those three points for again, uh, for Perth Glory. Lockie, I just want to reiterate, 28 is very, very young. You've got at least a decade of football in you at this level. I'm so glad to see you finally got your opportunity. Go well on the weekend against Sydney FC, and thanks for your time on Sports Day. Thanks very much for that, boys. Cheers. Lockie Barr there joining us, our special guest from Adelaide United. Don't risk missing all of your team's matches on the T20 World Cup on KO Sports. Watch the T20 Cricket World Cup on KO Sports. And it is on right now, of course, Australia and New Zealand uh, getting it underway. Some of the big games on the weekend. Don't go away. Plenty more coming here on Sports Day with Ben Hook and Daniel Menzel. 
Sports Day. For Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year and Lumo SA. Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. You're listening to Sports Day with Daniel Menzel and Ben Hook. The week's open line is 822-3000. Discover exceptional customer service. Weeks homes discover different. We turn our attention to the Port Adelaide Football Club and AFLW, and it's thanks to Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. Their buying power puts the power in your lane. Joining us, the marquee recruit from the Fremantle Football Club, now here in Adelaide with the power. Her name is Gemma Houghton. She joins us now. Gemma, welcome to Sports Day. Yeah, thank you. Hello, guys. Gemma, how's life in Adelaide? Uh, What, five months on from uh, first signing on with the club? Yeah, five months. It's um, it's gone pretty fast, to be honest. Um, it's definitely warming up a lot. When I first came over, it was quite cold, so I'm enjoying the warmer weather. So, just, um, yeah, no, loved it here. Just tell me, you, you signed up almost as like a bit of an experimental player in your early career at Fremantle. Here you are, about to play your 50th game. Do you shake your head that you're about to play 50 games of AFLW? Yeah, it's um, it's a bit of an eerie feeling because, yeah, it's obviously taken six seasons to get there. Um, but, yeah, definitely soak it all up. And, you know, majority of that time was spent at Frio. Um, and, um, you know, I, I love my time at Fremantle and I learned so much as a player and um, it was a really good journey. But, you know, I'm really excited for the new journey that I've embarked at Port Adelaide and it's going to be um, really special running out um, with Aaron on the weekend and the girls for my 50th game. Yeah, that's super, Gemma. You touched on Fremantle there, and I just want to spend a little bit of time on that. You were All-Australian in 2019 and 2020, and you're the leading goal kicker at Frio as well in 2019 and 2021. So, fair couple of achievements there. I imagine there were a couple of personal goals for you to tick off. So, I want to know, what's your personal goals moving forward, potentially this year and into the future? All-Australian's one that every player wants to do, and uh, leading goal kicker, being a goal kicker myself, is another one that you'd love to add, which you have. So what's the personal goals for you moving forward? Yeah, um, I think, you know, obviously I got hit with injury this year, which has taken me out of a chunk of the season. And unfortunately, with only 10 games, um, it will only give me five games sort of in total of playing. So probably not the start that I wanted to have um, at the club. But I think personally, some goals that um, I want to do is I look back at my career and where I'm at and I probably feel like I have so much more to give to the game and um, you know I, I'm now um, alongside some amazing players in Aaron Phillips and Ange Foley and um, Justine Mills just to mention a few and so um, I just want to keep learning and soaking up everything I can from them and um, play my best footy which I feel is yet to come here at Port Adelaide. Oh, that's that's extremely exciting for all the Port Adelaide fans out there and you touched on the injury this year, unfortunately, the syndesmosis. How, how is that going? How, how was the recovery? And, um, yeah, how are you feeling going into the last couple of games of the season? Yeah, um, so obviously it was a quick turnaround in a sense of, of surgery. I think when I ran out on the weekend, I was five and a half weeks post-surgery. Sorry, post of syndesmosis surgery? Yeah, yeah, after syndesmosis That's surgery. That's impressive. So, um, it's very impressive. Yeah, I was in really good hands with, um, you know, the physio at Port, the club doctors and um, ads and bales in our conditioning to get me back and make sure I didn't lose any of that fitness over that five, six weeks of being out. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's actually pulled up really well after the game. Um, I think I got my confidence back just after kicking a goal and sort of just clear my head a bit. So I'm looking forward to the next two games. Um, 
obviously this week being my 50th and really hope I can keep adding more value to the girls and um, finish the season strong with them. Gemma, with recovery like that, you're going to get medicos to rewrite some medical journals, I reckon. Uh, that is an incredible recovery. Gemma, you've got the most beautiful nickname. It's Auntie. Just tell us a little bit about how that came about. Yeah, um, I think just uh, back in Frio, obviously, um, I'd, I'd been around the club and sort of one of the older players over the six seasons um, towards the end. And, um, yeah, it sort of came about in a, in a silly way, in a way, where the girls um, called me auntie and I called them my bubs, which was <laughs> strange. Um, but it, it's managed to find its way all the way here in um, Adelaide. So the nickname has stuck, although Erin Phillips calls me Jet. So um, whether or not that will overtake auntie, but um, just I think in terms of, um, you know, my, my role in the Indigenous community and um, over the years that I've done back in Perth, I think it just, yeah, auntie sticks. And it's quite fitting, obviously, um, you know, being an auntie here as well with my age and the younger group. <laughs> Jet, where does Jet come from? Erin, responsible for that one. It's nice to know that you didn't pick your own nickname as well, unlike the Bureau of Meteorology earlier this uh, this week, Gemma. <laughs> no, I, de- I definitely didn't pick Jet. Um Flip gave it to me. Erin did for. Um, I think she she used it for my speed. <laughs> so uh, yeah, my speed on the field. She calls me a jet. No, you take that. That's a that's a great nickname. There's there's some interesting <laughs> ones going around. Definitely take that. Hey, you talked about the younger group. Um, I wanted to ask you. I guess the difference between the two clubs with Fremantle and Port Adelaide, and obviously a younger group that you're playing with at the moment. Um, and then a follow up to that is on the coaches that you've currently got who literally just came out of the game in Renee Forth and obviously Lauren Arnell as the head coach. Yeah, um, yeah, I think the group, obviously, um, you know, uh, Fremantle were part of the inaugural year of the, you know, of the competition. So you look at players um, on, their, on their side and the depth that they had over the years and, um, and I learned off them along the whole way. So um, you look at Kiara Bowers, Ebony Antonio, um, Kara Antonio, you know, so I, I learned a lot, of, a lot off them and I feel like I've been able to step into a leadership role here at Port and help with the younger group that we have here. Um, and I think it helps too with, with Loz, our head coach. She's obviously played um, and captain as well. So she understands what it takes to be a player and what it takes um, for, the, for the younger ones to step up. So I think there's a lot of support and, um, that, you know, that we give the younger group as well um, going into our season. Port Adelaide's Gemma Houghton is our guest. It's thanks to Repco. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre for expert car service book online at repcoservice.com. Been a mixed season. It was always going to be challenging our first year for the footy club, Gemma. I'm sure you want to finish on a high. Has Lauren and the, the, the leaders of the playing group set, I guess, some targets that you want to try and tick off in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, absolutely. And I think... Um you know, even our game on the weekend, our first half against North um, Melbourne, you know, we, we were in it uh, for, for two quarters with them and maybe our experience um, and, and fitness probably got the better of us and they stepped up as well, North did. And um, I think that's something that we've really taken from that game to bring in that we've got to continue to play four quarters. Um, and, you know, we know that it's not underestimating St Kilda um, this weekend, but we know that we can go in... Um, you know, and, and trust and back ourselves and the group that we have um, to be able to get across and get the four points against them. 
Yeah, and exactly that. Hopefully that can uh, be what you girls get up to the next two weeks. I just want to finish on Gemma. Freo, your old team, they've only won the one game, so they're clearly struggling without you in that forward line. But I want to know, who is your tip to win the flag in a few weeks' time? Um, We'll have a few Adelaide listeners here. I'm not sure if you want to go down that pathway, but who would you you pick right now out of uh, the teams that are currently obviously in the eight? I'm sure Gemma knows that, say, if you're a Port Adelaide person and you say the Crows, you you, you may never be allowed back at Albert. Probably don't say the Crows, Gemma, but who would you pick? Oh, no, I better, be, I better be careful. I might not be allowed back at training tomorrow. Um, but, no, I think, um, you know, uh, credit to um, Adelaide Crows. They've been an incredible side in the competition. I, I know Chelsea Randall um, is, is a huge part of that, and she's um, out with injury at the moment. So um, the next few games will be crucial for them. But I think Brisbane Lions um, or Melbourne um, have been showing some really strong positive signs. And I think, too, Melbourne are probably... Um, given that they lost last year, are probably playing with a bit more fight in them, and I think they might get up this year. Gemma, the Houghton surname from Perth. There is a Western Australian wine manufacturer known as Houghton. Any relation to the wine family? <laughs> no, no, no relation. But um, uh, there could be actually, because that I think originally comes from England, and that's where the last name comes from. Houghton's originally from England. Good but en- uh, not that I'm aware of. Good enough for me. I reckon there's some royalties in you, in for you there somewhere. Hey, Gemma, it's so good to chat. Good <laughs> luck over the next couple of weeks. Um, really ca- re- thrilled to see you over here at the Port Adelaide Football Club. All the best for the next couple of weeks, and thanks for your time on Sports Day. Yeah, thank you both so much. Gemma Houghton there from the Port Adelaide Football Club, uh, the gun forward, uh, two-time All-Australian, absolute star, and uh, she is going to be an absolute asset for the Port Adelaide Football Club over the coming seasons. Uh, That wraps us up one more time. Uh, Daniel, it'll be you and Paul Bonsor uh, back in charge tomorrow. I'm off to the WBBL. If we get a short window, I'll uh, try and give you a report from there. Looking forward to seeing the Adelaide Strikers take on the Sydney Sixers. So, big show tomorrow night. Thanks for your company tonight. Ben Hook and Daniel Menzel. This evening, it'll be Daniel Menzel and Paul Bonsor tomorrow night. All the best, everyone. Have a great night. Thanks for your company on Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely, and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply, so visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.